Bible, if you just turn with me to Philippians in chapter 2. Philippians in chapter 2. We're talking about, we're continuing with the series of the kingdom of God and kingdom of God that's advancing and I think that's going to be the headline banner. But I want to talk about the, 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 um, the king tonight because every kingdom has a king. Do you know that? Every kingdom has a king or in our case has a queen. There's somebody who rules it and some people think that, uh, you know, it just runs through David Cameron, and I understand he holds the power, but actually he has to have a weekly sitting with the Queen. If he's wanting to make some clear, you know, changes, he has to, first of all, run it past the Queen. Because every kingdom has a king or a queen, and every king has a kingdom. The other thing we must note about this as well is, in every kingdom, there are subjects. There are people who are in that kingdom. And what happens is the king or the queen in that kingdom then delegates authority to those subjects. I'll come back to that in a moment. Because we're talking about the kingdom of God. Now here it says in Philippians in chapter 2 and verse 9 and 9 to 11. If you've not got it, I'll read it to you. He says, therefore God exalted him. Him is talking about Jesus to the highest place, and gave him, Jesus, the name, everybody say, the name, not good enough, the name, that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, in heaven, and on earth, and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge, or confess, that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Many years ago, I preached a message called, What's in a Name? And uh, in that, I just took particular names that ran through the scriptures. And uh, every name, every one of your names has a meaning. It may be an English meaning, it may be a Latin meaning, it may be a Greek meaning. I don't know what you know all your names mean, but there are books now that are produced, and Emma and Dan will certainly know this because they'll be in that baby book stage. Are you there, Dan, already? You're trying to avoid it? No, just embrace it. Just embrace it, Dan. Embrace it. And in those books, there are babies' names, and under the name, there's always a meaning. There's always a meaning. Now, we look at the name of Jesus and what a name. What a name. Now, actually, you can go to, and to Brazil. You can go to Spain. You can go to, you know, South America particularly. And there's lots of little Jesuses running around. Because actually, Jesus is a very common name in South America. So you could say, well, that doesn't sound so special. Yeah, but this Jesus was like no other Jesus This Jesus wasn't, his name wasn't just Jesus, but he was also the Christ. He's also the Lord. He's the Savior. He's the Redeemer. He's the Healer. He's the Helper. He's the Encourager. This is the Jesus that we're talking about tonight. And when Paul wrote to the church at Philippi, he was basically saying, look, this name is above every other name. And there may be people who are worshiping other gods, Paul. There may be people who think that they're higher and better and greater than him. But I want to tell you, 
At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. At the name of Jesus, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And the kingdom of God is all about this name. It's about the name of Jesus. We see the apostles in the scriptures, they weren't declaring their name. In fact, Paul said, what's in a name? Who am I? Who is Paul? Who is Peter? We're nothing. Only God makes things grow. It's only Jesus who can actually bring increase. It's only Jesus who can bring healing. It's only Jesus that can bring salvation. And this is what they declared. And I want to say tonight, this is what we are declaring. It's the name of Jesus. Now let me go back to where I started. Because remember, every king has a kingdom. And every kingdom has a king. And every kingdom has subjects. And every king will then delegate authority to those subjects. What happens is the queen, our monarch, will have trusted people around her world who she trusts and she empowers with what? Her authority. So when they speak, it's as though the queen is speaking. You understand that, don't you? They actually go with a royal seal of approval. There's something about their their language and something about their posture and something about, you know, their foundation that they know they're not just going with their authority. It could be Joe Bloggs. No, it's not Joe Bloggs who's speaking. I'm speaking on behalf of the queen or the king. I want to tell you tonight, if you're a child of the living God, then you have been given delegated authority. Most people don't understand this. In church, most people are run ragged by this. This is such an important thing for you to understand. That when you've come to faith in Jesus Christ, he didn't just save you, but he gave you his identity and he gives you his authority. He gives you his authority. So that is why when he talks about in the scripture, we can can, um, uh, trample on snakes, we can... We can drink deadly poison, it talks about, and it won't touch us. Why? Because of the authority of Jesus Christ. Now, we're not talking about being stupid, you know, going up to a cobra and thinking, ah, you can't hurt me, and it bites you and whatever else, or drinking poison. It's not talking about that. It's talking about how some people in that particular context were in danger, and people want to hurt them, and they could give them a drink and fill it with poison, but that poison wouldn't kill them. Why? Because of the authority that was given to them from Jesus. And most church people really don't live in this position. We don't live in the identity. We don't live in the the authority of Jesus Christ. You see, this name is like no other name. This name is like no other name you'll ever know. This name has power to change lives. This name has power to change situations. This name has power to change a city. This name has power to change a nation. Over the last 30 years, over the last 30 years, if you've been a student of church history and what's happening around the world, there are many nations at this particular moment that have been shook by the power of God. And this name, Jesus, has literally changed whole communities. He's changed whole cities. He's changed whole nations. In some nations you'll go to now, there's 50-60% of the, of the population are born-again believers. And when I look at our nation now, United Kingdom, Kingdom, I look at our nation now, 
Many people who are writing our nation off. Instead of Europe, it's the darkest place now of all the other continents. Europe is more dark than any other, any other continent in terms of the Christian faith. What a travesty. You roll it back a hundred years. You only need to roll it back a hundred years. We were sending missionaries all over the world. Now missionaries are coming to us from the other nations of the world. Gazella, you're here as a missionary. Whether you like it or not, you're here as a missionary in Jesus' name. But the reality is we need to understand that God has given us authority. And I'm really believing that God is going to help us and God is going to raise up a group of people, an army of people who actually believe that they've been given authority and they actually flow in that authority that brings change to a nation, that brings change to a city, that brings change to a village, that brings change to a town. Now, what needs to happen is we start to believe it and see it for what it is. I'm not talking about authority as in we're being arrogant and lording it over people. I'm not talking about authority that's proud and, you know, all the nonsense and snobbery. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about all the pomp and ceremony. I'm not interested in those things. I'm talking about having humility. And out of humility comes authority. Remember that story that Jesus, uh, well, it wasn't a story, but um, the... The, the, was it the centurion or certainly a Roman soldier who his daughter was, was, was sick and was ill? And they sent a message to him and Jesus said, I'll come to you. He says, no, you don't need to come, on to come to me. I'm a man under authority. You just say the word. You just say the word and it will be done. And Jesus said, I've not seen greater faith in the whole of Israel than this man. See, this man understood what authority was like and it flowed out of humility. This man didn't come arrogantly and saying, well, I'm a, I'm a centurion. I have hundreds, thousands of people under me. I'm the man. You will do. No, no, no. Authority flows out of humility. If we will keep our hearts right here at Arena Church, if we will just keep our feet up on the ground, if we'll just keep our knees firmly on the ground, do you understand what I mean by our knees firmly on the ground? And just call out to God. But at the same time, understanding that God's filling us with faith to believe for something great, then I want to tell you great things will begin to happen. Because as we flow out in humility, then authority begins to flow on us. And we understand what's in that name. Let me tell you what's in that name. First of all, this name has the power to bring healing. This name has the power to bring healing. I'm not talking like a magic word, abracadabra and it's all sorted. Because there's some people who try to do that. Remember the story in the scriptures. It talks about the sons of Sceva. Remember? They just got the name and thought, well, we'll use the name. And it was like, well, Jesus we know, and Paul we know, and Peter we know, but who are you? And they just overcame these, these they absolutely, this guy just ravished them. I'm not talking about an abracadabra here. I'm talking about an understanding of authority. You have been given, Julie, you have been given the name of Jesus. Emma, you have been given the name of Jesus. Dan, you've been given the name of Jesus. That gives you authority. That gives you authority. And it gives you authority over sickness. So you don't need the pastor every time. There are times where it talks about calling the elders of the church, and I believe that. But there's also times and occasions where you can't get to the elders, where you have the authority to lay hands upon somebody and command them, if I can, not you commanding, in Jesus' name for them to be healed. For them to be healed. There's, 
uh, a story in the Bible if you're not sure about where I'm coming from or you say, is that true? Well, yeah, just turning your Bibles to Acts chapter 3. Talks about Peter and John going to the gate beautiful, as they did. They've done it many times. And they'll have passed this beggar many, many times. But this beggar got their attention because he shouted out to them and said, look, have you got some money? You know, have you got arms for the poor? You know, we just, I need some money. And something quickened in Peter's heart. Talks about in Acts chapter 3. And he looked at them and said, look at me. Silver and gold we don't have. But what we do have, we give to you. What does he then say? Who's got it in the Bible? In the name of Jesus Christ. You got it? In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. He didn't say, in my name. He didn't say, in John's name. In the name of Jesus. They were just minding their own business. They were going to the day of prayer. They were flowing out of humility. And out of humility came authority. And God began to do something great. You see, there is power for healing in the name of Jesus. How does this work out? Well, if I can say this, my mum's not, not too well. She's not been well, and we did what we did in the afternoon, and we said, well, we'll just go over. My dad had said she's really not been, not been too good. So we went there. We just had half an hour, didn't we? A quick drink. And then just at the end, my mum said, don't come near me. You know, I, I might be contagious. So I'm, don't, don't come and kiss me. I said, don't worry, I'm not going to kiss you. But no, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. But I just said, no, mum, I'm just going to come and pray with you. And as we just laid our hands, we just paused for a moment. All the children were there, just paused, just prayed. I believe it. I believe this stuff. In the name of Jesus, mom, be well. May God touch you from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Be healed in Jesus' name. That's how it works out. Now, you might say this is a bit basic. No, most Christians don't live in this authority. We run to the cabinet. We run to the doctors. I'm not saying we shouldn't do those things. I'm not against going to the doctors. I go to the doctor. I understand that. But if that's the first thing that we run to, I think we're missing. I think we're missing something. Actually, let us pray. Let us call on God. Let us believe God for a miracle because there's power in this name, amen? There's power in the name of Jesus. And something happens. Healing happens. What else happens? Well, there's salvation in the name of Jesus. Again, Peter, in Acts chapter 2, verse 36, he says this, Therefore, let all Israel be sure of this. Um, God, who made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Savior. And he also talks about, in Acts chapter 2, that if you'll call on the name of the Lord, you will be saved. You see the salvation in his name. If you're here tonight, you know, and, and you've just been coming for weeks and months, and, but you just, the revelation hasn't dropped, you've just not got it. There's no other name that you will be saved. You cannot be saved by good works. You can't be saved by doing good things. I want to encourage you to do good things, and good works are good. But that isn't how we're saved. My next door neighbors, I have to be careful here because it is podcasting. You just never know. My next door neighbors are the most wonderful people you'd ever meet. They're lovely people. 
They are so, so kind. When we were away in that St. Ives for that week, we came back, we asked them to put our bins out, and they put our bins out, and you, you should just do for, for neighbours. And then we came back, as we just rolled up on a Saturday afternoon, I said to Caroline, I said, somebody's mowed our front lawn. Are you sure? I said, I'm telling you, somebody has mowed our front lawn. Definitely. Definitely. Well, anyway, they weren't in, so they'd got our key in case the alarm went off to the house. So the following day, on the Sunday morning, I was just taking the roof box off, and the mic was there, and I just said, Mike, yeah, everything okay? Yeah, yeah, how are you doing? Good, good, good. You know, Mike, can I, did you? Yeah, I was just mowing my lawn, and I just thought it'd be nice to mow yours. What I'm saying is they're wonderful people. They're great people. They, they've got a lovely marriage. They've raised two lovely children. He's a, they're just good, good people. But just being a good person isn't going to get you, you know, if I can be as blunt as this, to heaven. Just because you're a good person doesn't mean that you have a living relationship with Jesus. And I think some of the churches need to hear this message because I think there's a lot of people who sit in churches who say, well, I'm a good person. Well, we want you to be a good person, but it's not about being a good person. It's about calling on the name of the Lord. And if you call on the name of the Lord, then you'll be saved. It's knowing that there's salvation, not in your good works, but in Jesus and Jesus alone. Are you hearing me tonight? There's power in the name of Jesus. There's power to not only heal, but there's also power to save. There's no other name. Josh, if I can encourage you, and I know you do this, but keep encouraging you to do this. It's not about, we want to get young people in with all the activities, Xboxes, pool tables, sweeties. I'll bribe anybody to get into church. If you're upset by that, I will. I'll bribe anybody to get into church. I'll just get them in by whatever means. And my basis for that is Paul. He says, by whatever means, I'll do whatever it takes so that we may save some. But this is where we get or, or it all uh, screwed up a little bit, is that we think, well, that's good enough. That isn't. We need to preach the, cr- the cross. We need to preach Christ. And so let me encourage you, in your bringing them in, do whatever you need to do to create a relevant program. But central to that, to that night, there's a message that's preached of Christ and Christ crucified. Because there's no other name that you can be saved other than through Jesus. So tonight we want to do all, we want to have all the, you know, the good stuff and we want to create a real contemporary church, we want it to be a great building, we want to do all that. We want it to be attractive. Why come to church and it be boring? Why come to church and it be horrible? Why come to church and the surroundings are bad? As too many churches have done that, particularly in the UK, and they think people are going to come. They'll never come. Why would they come to that church? Looks horrible on the outside, so what's it like on the inside? I'm being really blunt and very naughty now. So we want to do all that. But we mustn't forget the message of preaching Christ. Thirdly and lastly, what else is there in this, in this name? Well, I've already mentioned to it. Because Jesus' name has the power to save a city and change a nation. Guys, I really believe this. More passionately than I have ever done at any particular time of my Christian walk. It's the name of Jesus that has the power to save a city and change a nation. We want to do all the community outreach that we can. We want to feed the poor. We want to help the homeless. We want to reach out to those people who who have got life controlling issues. We want to do all that. But it isn't going to be 
social work that's going to change a nation. It's going to be the name of Jesus that's going to change the nation. It isn't politicians and good ideas, and some politicians do have some good ideas, and there are some good politicians, and I believe in politics and controlling, I believe in in democracy, I believe in all those kinds of things. I thank God that we live here in the stability in our nation, but those things are not going to change a nation. Only Jesus and the name of Jesus has the power to change a city and change a nation. I've already read it to you, but if you just turn with me to Acts chapter 2, And you'll see there that Peter stands up after being filled with the Holy Spirit. And I've already alluded to the fact that he said that, you know, those who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. And as we go through the scriptures, he just gives probably the shortest three-minute preach. Because that's all it would have been. Just a three-minute preach. There had been a lot of chaos. There had been a lot of rumbling, a lot of pushing and shoving. Because there was a huge crowd that that was gathered because of the commotion. The building had just been shook. Tongues of fire. We're, we're, we're coming out. I've always wondered where those tongues of fire came from, whether they just appeared in the room or actually they came from the heavens. I've not, I don't know whether anybody thought about that. Where did they come from? Did they come through the windows? I'm just using my vivid imagination now, but did they come through the windows? Did they come from the heavens? What happened? But something significant happened because there was a large crowd that were drawn to this little upper room. There was great commotion. It was bizarre. It was chaotic. People were speaking in other tongues, languages, German, French, (laughs) English, you know, all kinds of Swahili, you know, all kinds of languages that were just angelic languages going off. And then Peter, this one who disowned Jesus, he now stands up and begins to preach the word of the Lord, begins to preach about this Jesus whom you have crucified, whom you put upon a cross. And what does it say at the end of Acts chapter 2? There were 3,000 people in one men. 3,000 men. So there'll probably be a lot more with children and ladies. There were 3,000 men who were converted in that one day. And what began to happen? The gospel began to spring out across what? Across the city. That whole city within a matter of weeks. Historians record in a matter of weeks... That whole city was shook by the power of God. Jesus, he has the power to change, to save, to influence a city and a nation. Where people say, Danny, this nation will never change. That's why I'm so confident about it. I think God is so on our case at this particular moment. I think God is so on the the ball for Europe. I think God so wants to do something in Europe. It's breathtaking. And what it needs is it needs the church to arise. The church to begin to believe this. The church to begin to believe all of this. To know that actually you have been given delegated authority. Flows out of humility. That God has given you the authority on your life. In the name of Jesus for healing. In the name of Jesus as you declare it in that workplace. You know, you're trying other things, that won't work. It's only Jesus who you can come to and be saved. Really? I'm telling you, it's only Jesus and Jesus alone. You can try another woman, that won't work. You can try a new holiday, a new car, do, that won't work. It's only Jesus. Really? Yeah, could I pray with you? Yeah, of course you can. I'm telling you, it's in the name of Jesus that people are saved. And it's in the name of Jesus 
that cities and nations are shaken. Are you with me tonight? That I really believe that God wants to shake this town. I really believe that God wants to shake this town. I believe that God wants to touch Ilkeston. I believe that God wants to touch this M1 corridor. You may say, well, how is this going to be possible? Well, actually, I have no idea. But if we will continue to believe, if we'll continue to pray, if we'll continue to declare the name of Jesus, then he'll do the rest. We don't have to get worked up about Peter didn't just have a master plan. Well, I would going to grow this church now. They didn't even know there were a church. They were just waiting. And Jesus broke in. The kingdom of God advancing. The kingdom of God moving forward. I want to encourage you to declare this name. This name that is above every name. This name that's above that sickness. This name that's above that family member who's not behaving themselves. That name that's above that employer who's being horrible to you. That financial situation that you just think is insurmountable. That husband who's far away from God is above all of that. He's above all of that. Because at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess what? That he is Lord. I believe this. I wonder if we just bow our heads tonight. Just want to.